everyone and welcome to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast where we're living for preventative mental health, love and compassion. I'm really glad that you joined us again. I'm Caroline Heim and this is podcast six in the series, Overcome Negative Thoughts, Overcome Useless Thoughts. For everyone wanting to improve their thought life and make their mind a much better place. Today it's, what if I just accept my useless thoughts? If you like these podcasts, please subscribe, spread the word, and recommend them to others. And remember to catch us Thursday nights on Late Night Lies in our live stream pod show. In these difficult times, please keep safe and share your love with others. Here's Dr. Christian Heim. Hello, everybody. Today we're looking at what if I just accept my useless thoughts? Accept your useless thoughts, just let them be but still get to do what you want in life. This will be the principles of acceptance and commitment therapy. Like doing useful things to generate useful thoughts, this podcast will encourage you to not change your thoughts at all. In fact, don't even struggle against them. Just accept them just the way they are. Thank you, Billy Joel and Bruno Mars. Still, your thoughts will not get off scot-free. Acceptance helps your progress to overcome useless thoughts. We will disempower them completely, take away their power. Yeah, let's talk about power. Let's think about this. Why do thoughts have power over us anyway? Because we believe them, because we join ourselves to them. If we believe them and bow down to them, then we let them affect our emotions. And that puffs up their power as if they were demons, scary monsters or something evil. When in reality, they're just thoughts occurring continuously and sensibly on our stream of consciousness. It's what William James said anyway. So we can take back the power. More about power. What are thoughts? An electrical impulse, a bunch of words, an image or two, some memories, an idea. It's all so intangible. You can't hold on to it. You can't see it. You can't touch it. And they can't hold or touch you. So what's the big deal? Where's the power? What power? A thought is just a thought. It cannot hurt you. You can only hurt yourself depending on how you respond to the thought or how much power you give the thought through belief and emotion. You get to choose. Your thoughts could scream all day at you, but you get to choose what to say or do in response. You control your body. You control your mouth. Your thoughts do not. So what will you choose? Your intentions and choices are important. To get yourself into a position of power, we'll dive into the theory of acceptance and commitment therapy, and then we will use this theory and apply it to gaining power over the thoughts, and you can choose to commit to something better. So let's go. In this podcast, acceptance and commitment therapy, the theory, and then applying it to your thoughts. Acceptance and Commitment Therapy was developed in the 1980s by Stephen Hayes. This is how I look at it. Acceptance and Commitment Therapy uses acceptance to free you to choose to commit to what you really value. I find it a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite therapies, if there is such a thing. It's simple, but it's got really powerful ideas. Instead of using logic to change your thoughts, it asks you to increase your flexibility and to leave your poor little thoughts alone. 
even make room for them, embrace them, kiss them every now and again. Just leave them. Because you see, when we challenge our thoughts, it's like going to war. It becomes a battle and there's a winner and there's a loser. But in acceptance and commitment therapy, you sign a truce. There's no more battle. And it frees you to choose to do what you value to get on with your life. Now, this sounds easy, but it takes a lot of practice and effort. So I will explain the five principles of acceptance and commitment therapy that are useful to overcoming useless thoughts. And then I will apply them. The five principles are, number one, accept your thoughts. Number two, separate from your thoughts. Number three, value your values. Number four is commit to your values. And number five is notice your thoughts. I don't expect you to remember all of that. We'll go through them one by one. Number one, accept your thoughts. Now, this is exactly what it sounds like, okay? It's simple to understand, but it is so hard to do. All of us wish that this world were different, that we were different, that we own things that we don't, or we could do things that we can't. And this keeps us unhappy. But our happiness levels could change instantly if we could just accept things the way that they are. If it's raining, accept it. If it's sunny, accept it. If it's peacetime, accept it. If it's wartime, accept it. Now you see, that's hard. That's really hard. If you're happy, accept that. If you're depressed, accept that. That's really hard. You don't have to like it. You just have to learn to accept it. Now this harkens back to an attitude by our old friend Epictetus from podcast number three. He said, wish events to happen as they do and all will be well. So in other words, if we could all accept what is happening in our lives, we would actually be happy. But who can do that, right? But what I'm going to suggest is that you can just a little bit more than you do at the moment. Whenever you experience joy, notice it and accept it. If you experience grief, notice that and accept it. If you have a great success, accept that. If you become depressed, depressed, depressed and anxious, accept those as well. Now, I know that sounds bizarre, especially for a therapy that gets used against depression and anxiety. But you see, it's our struggling that makes it worse. People who battle cancer, for example, go through stages of battling and raging and despair before they reach acceptance. And their acceptance is not nihilistic. It is peaceful, empowering, and it offers an opportunity to say or write beautiful things and to cherish the remaining life. Acceptance leaves room for the cancer, but because there is no struggle, there's also room for beautiful things. Okay, so let me tell you a little story about that. True story. I was told about a woman who was told by her oncologist that she only had a few months to live. Her breast cancer was taking over her body. She raged and she was bitter. Her doctor encouraged her to accept the illness, but she couldn't. So she raged and she raged. Finally, she was given a bit of an ultimatum. She could rage and be bitter for the last months of her life, or she could find something useful and beautiful to do. Two weeks later, she volunteered to read books to disabled children. Now that she's gone, many children and many families 
held her in fine memory. And get this, she enjoyed her storytelling in the midst of her grief and her pain and told her doctor, thank you so much. Those were some of the best weeks of my life. Now, I'm not asking you to battle cancer here. I'm asking you to stop your battle with your thoughts. The battle takes so much energy. You can throw logic at your thoughts. You can rage against them. You can get tired and your thoughts will just continue. And it seems like they win and become powerful. Acceptance allows you to stop battling. Rather than I win and they lose, it allows your thoughts simply to be. It ends the battle and leaves you with more energy and power. The key, however, is in principle number two. You need to be able to separate yourself from your thoughts. Now, in acceptance and commitment therapy, this is called diffusion. But principle number two is separate from your thoughts. Create healthy distance. To do this, know who you are and know who your thoughts are. You. You know that you're not your thoughts, you're not your feelings, you're not your ideas, hopes, dreams, memories, or your body, your brain, or your personality. All right then, who are you? You are a mind existing in a body, but also beyond it, relating to other minds. You are an unchanging consciousness, a relational process that can stand outside of your thoughts, or your body, or your personality, and observe them. You can look at any aspect of yourself from a distance and make choices. All of this makes you pretty big. At the very least, you are the driver of your car. Your car is your body. Your mind is you, the driver. And somewhere in the back seat are these terrible thoughts making noisy rackets like a bunch of kids. Ignore them and drive safely in the direction that you want to. Now let's look at what your thought is. Nothing more than a small electrical impulse, a bunch of words, images, memories, or desires, ephemeral, transient, intangible, it doesn't even take up space. Sometimes it reflects reality, sometimes it's screwy, warped, logical, or useful. The most that a thought is, is a thought. A momentary fleeting thought on your constant, vast stream of consciousness. That makes a thought pretty small. Okay, so let's have a look at this. You're pretty big. Your thought is pretty small. Still, even the tiniest thought can have power if it persists, but only if you join with it and say, that thought is me at the moment. All right. So let's go through an example. This is important. So just stick with me. If you're hounded by a thought like, I'm going to die as soon as I turn 30. This can turn your life into a living hell, particularly when you turn 29. Now, please don't laugh at a thought like this because it was part of Bob Dylan's journey. And how many roads did he sail down like a rolling stone at the times that they were changing? And I have known several people whose life have been a misery due to the apparent power of a thought like this. But let's look at this thought objectively. 11 words, 43 characters, an empty threat, a one-dimensional idea. Now let's look at the person who has this thought. A living, rational and emotional being, a relational mind, able to choose and direct a body and its vast resources, able to stand outside a situation, able to choose what they want for themselves, able to do stuff, to have hopes and dreams, 
A toppy person is almost able to leap tall buildings, and you are one such person. It's not a fair fight. A teeny-weeny thought against a vast human consciousness, with a body as a life support system to back it up and move it around. The thought will only have power if it tricks the human into believing it. That way the person joins with it. If we can separate from the thought, we take back control. Joining is good. Separation is bad. Wrong way round, Christian. Say that again. Joining is bad. Separation is good. Sorry. Joining is useless. Separation from your thought is good. You kind of got that one. Okay, number three, value your values. Okay, in the narrative approach of last podcast, we talked about values as a resource to help you battle your useless thoughts. In acceptance and commitment therapy, values become guiding principles for your whole life. Let your values shape your goals, your actions, your priorities, your behaviors, and your decisions. Don't let some miserable little thoughts guide your life. Last podcast, you wrote out your top 20 values. Here, I will be asking you to commit to them and live by them, which brings us to number four. Commit to your values. Your values are important. Make the decision to commit to live from them. If you believe your thoughts and live by them, then your thought, I will die at age 30, will lead you to a life of worry, fear, and maybe a search for extreme pleasures. You might even make your last will and testament uh, awake before your birthday. Is that how you want to live? But if you commit to your values, what you really think is important in life, you will have a different life. If you really valued things like honesty, integrity, fidelity, courage, and love, what would your day-to-day life really look like if you committed to those values? So what we will be doing is knowing your values, valuing your values, and committing to them. This will take the power away of tiny thoughts through your powers of intention and choice. Principle number five is to notice your thoughts. Noticing is a big part of acceptance and commitment therapy. It means looking inside your mind as an observer and noticing what's going on in your thought life. You already do this. You already know the knack. Notice so that you can be aware of your thoughts so that you can choose to concentrate on what you want. The other thing, of course, is WID. Write it down. That always helps you notice your thoughts as well. But we're going to concentrate a lot on noticing your thoughts. If you can do that and you can concentrate on your values to guide your life, life becomes better. All right, so just as a summary, the five, accept your thoughts, separate from your thoughts, value your values, commit to your values, and notice your thoughts. Let's go through them with some techniques so that you know exactly what you can do. Number one, techniques to accept your thoughts. I'm going to give you three. This is actually very difficult to do, but it will make sense to you. Technique number one, don't fight your thoughts. When your useless thoughts come, just say, yeah, yeah, I know you're there. So whereas before you'd go, oh no, there's that thought again. How useless. This is terrible. Now I just want you to say, yep, I know you're there. 
before you'd say, oh no, go away, you useless thought, terrible, terrible, go away. Now I just want you to say, I know you're there. So what? You're just a thought. Technique number two, accept that you have a problem with useless thoughts, but don't accept the problem thoughts. I'll say that again and then I'll just explain that a little bit. Accept that you have a problem with useless thoughts, but don't accept the problem thoughts. So in other words, we're accepting the process, but not the content. It's like, all right, I have broken my arm. I accept that I have broken my arm, but you're not going to accept life with a broken arm. You're going to do what you can to get that arm mended, take care of it while it's in a cast, don't move it terribly much and it will get better. You had the problem, you accepted that, but you didn't accept life with a broken arm. Same with your thoughts. You have problem thoughts. You can accept that you have the problem, but do not accept the thoughts themselves. Don't listen to what they're telling you. Technique number three. Say the thought, but check your emotions. Be like a limp balloon. So in other words, you're having the thought, but you don't attach any emotions to it. A limp balloon, if it's just hanging there, you can just sort of flick it and it'll just hang there like a limp balloon. As soon as you blow it up, so in other words, give it emotions, as soon as you uh, start to tap that balloon, it reacts a lot. And sometimes I get people to actually get a balloon and carry it around in their pocket so that when terrible thoughts come, they can just reach in their pocket and they go, okay, let me just be like a limp balloon. Let me just say that the thought is there, but I will check my emotions. I won't have to try anything to battle against them. I'll just chill. Now in all of this, when you practice acceptance, just breathe slowly and deeply because acceptance feels a bit like having a nice deep breath and letting it go and relaxing. Feel that. That's what acceptance does. Acceptance is the relaxation of an outbreath. Number two, techniques to separate you from your thoughts. I'm going to share a long list of techniques. Right, Some coming from Stephen Hayes, from Russ Harris, some I've made myself. This is where you'll be spending a lot of your time, separating from your thoughts. Because if you can keep healthy distance from your thoughts, it's easier to look at them as an observer and to accept them. All of them are best done when you're relaxed, you've got your eyes closed, you're breathing gently, and you're reflecting on your thought life. Still, you can do them anytime. Technique number one, just say, I'm having the thought that I'm going to die at 30. I'm having the thought that I'm a lousy, good-for-nothing person. I'm having the thought that I'm going to stuff up this relationship. Rather than saying, I'll stuff up this relationship. Because when you say, I'm having the thought that, you're labeling it as a thought. And it's something that you're having. You become the focus. Okay, so you're having this thought. What do you want to do about it? Nothing. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'll just leave it alone and get on with life. Technique number two, dispassionately disbelieve the thought. Place it in a pile of other thoughts you don't believe 
and you haven't decided upon yet. Yeah, I hear what you say. I might stuff up this relationship. Yeah, well, so what? Pigs may fly. You're probably untrue. Join the others on the rubbish heap. So what? Technique number three, be very curious. I'm going to stuff up that relationship. Oh, wow. What a strange thought that I'm having. I wonder what caused that thought. Technique number four, notice the process of the thought, not its content. I think I might stuff up this relationship. Ah, there's that thought again. Yeah, it turns up about half an hour after I start dating somebody or when I'm just about to get to sleep. Comes to wish me bad night. Started about three years ago. Gee, I wonder how long it'll stay. Technique number five. See the thought on your stream of consciousness floating down like a leaf on a river. Watch it float away into the distance. Technique number six. See your thoughts as noisy kids in the back seat. Just make sure you keep driving the car safely and in the right direction. Shut up back there. A little less quiet. Don't worry about that. Just keep driving. One of my favorites, number seven. Hear your thoughts spoken out in the voice of Groucho Marx, Mickey Mouse, or Donald Duck. It'll sound ridiculous. Oh, I'm going to stuff up that relationship again. Oh, really, Donald? You're going to stuff up that relationship? Oh. I mean, how seriously can you take a thought when it sounds that ridiculous? Technique number eight. Thank you, mind, for the good intention behind the thought. I'm going to die before I'm 30. Hey, mind, thank you for really valuing staying alive. Thank you. I'll see what I can do about that. We'll just keep on going here. Technique number nine. See your thoughts as words written on the sky. Then see them gradually dissipate into the clouds all around them and see them disappear. Number 10. Take your thought to a sage like Buddha, Jesus, Moses, Confucius, Socrates, Abraham Lincoln, whoever you think is really wise, and ask their advice on your thought. Oh, Moses, I'm really afraid that I'm going to stuff up all my relationships. What do you think about that? And then listen. I mean, seriously, what would Moses say to something like that? The aim in all of these techniques is not to get rid of your useless thoughts, but to live with them, let them be, or let them sit in some small corner of your mind and sulk. Next, techniques to value your values. You know the story of your life. You know the values that you have. Now, I want you to know your values and refine them so that you start to really value them. To help you refine your values and know them even more, I'm going to give you four value questions. Remember, number one, what motivates me? Number two, what do I most admire in myself and other people? Number three, what do I believe is the right thing for me to do? And number four, when do I feel most fulfilled and full of self-respect? You can only answer these questions. Nobody can answer them for you. Think about these carefully because your values will become a guiding compass for your life and for your decisions. You know about values that were instilled in you as a child from parents, teachers, society, the legal system, pop culture, everything. Be honest with yourself about what your values are. 
the reality is that most people value love, loyalty, and friendship, and you're probably another one of those people. So value your values, reflect on them, consider their importance in your life, and make them your guiding principle for your goals, your priorities, your decisions, and your behaviors. Number four, commit to your values. This is actually not as easy as it sounds because committing to your values is living from your values, putting them into action. Now, a lot of people think from their goals and put in goals for your life, but most philosophical and psychiatric thinkers consider values to be a key part of an authentic life worth living. And the idea is to have your goals and your priorities and your decisions reflect your values. Now, Goals, I'm not against them. They're good. They need to be smart. S-M-A-R-T. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-limited. Okay, specific. Not just money, but how much money? By doing what? Measurable. Can you give yourself a tick when you reach it? Achievable. Can you actually do it? Realistic. Do you have the skills, the resources, and the opportunities? And time-limited. When do you want this goal to be fulfilled. Now, setting goals is important, but when people set goals, they tend to think about what they want rather than their values, and the two do not coincide. The classic value that I tragically see so often is a person who builds a successful career or business and they get what they want, but they lose their family and their marriage along their way. They got their goal, but they lost what they value because they didn't have a goal. Put in work to my relationship so that my marriage goes well. They only find out afterwards in pain what they really value. And that brings people regrets. So let's go to values. Values, in a sense, are the opposite of goals. Where goals need to be smart, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-limited, values are built. B-U-I-L-T. Values are broad. They reflect big ideas. Values are unmeasurable, like love, beauty, or honesty. Values are idealistic. You strive for them, but you never quite get there. Values are lived out. They need to be expressed in your daily life. And values are not time limited. They are timeless. They tend to change little over the years and you still have those values. So write out your values, write out your goals, look at the two lists. Do they match up? Are some of your goals going to take you away from your values or towards them? Remember, values tend to be things that can't be measured. Love, family, being authentic, having fun. If you make the mistake of prioritizing goals because they can be measured, like money, possessions, or experiences, they could get in the way of what you really value in life. Okay, so go ahead with your goals. Just make sure that they do not interfere with your values. Number five is a technique to notice your thoughts. Now, you know the technique that I'm going to give you. 
I gave it to you in the very first podcast. No, actually the second one, I believe. It's called The Knack. Notice your thoughts so that you can be aware of your thoughts and you can choose to concentrate on what you want. N-A-C-C. Notice, aware, choose, and concentrate. When you use the knack that way, you will know what's going on with your thoughts. You will then need to accept them, separate from them, value your values, and commit to your values. So in other words, make a choice where no matter what the thought is saying, you're going to commit to your values and do what you actually want. And this all gets facilitated by noticing, using the knack. It sounds easy to use the knack, but unfortunately the mind has a tendency to wander off and our aim in life has a tendency to wander off, so we humans get off track very often and very easily. The two core skills help. The knack and WID. Write it down. WID. Work with your thoughts. Write it down. Write your values down. Write your goals down. Spend some time so that you know that you are on track to accept your thought, to separate from your thoughts, to value your values, to commit to living out your values, and using the knack. All right, a bit of a chill one. Do all of that, and your thoughts may cry in some little corner of your mind, but you can actually get on with your life, value it, and enjoy it. This has been Dr. Christian Heim. I will talk to you next time. That was podcast six in the series, Overcome Negative Thoughts, Overcome Useless Thoughts. What if I just accept my useless thoughts? Accept your thoughts, separate from them, value your values, commit to your values and use the knack. Remember, if you like these podcasts, please subscribe, spread the word and recommend them to others. And we'll see you on Thursday nights for Late Night lives. This has been Dr. Caroline and Dr. Christian Heim. Next up, part seven.